Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Mr. Poole, what's happening with you, man? Man, not a whole lot going on in this today. We, uh, a lot of new news, a lot of, lot of interesting things going on, but everybody seems to be happy and healthy on this end, so we're rocking and rolling. Yeah, man. Same here. Same here. We uh we got us a little trip planned for this weekend and uh and all that going finally I guess we can go ahead and announce it that we're finally getting to go to the hidden treasure that we've talked about several times on this podcast. That well this has been if if I'm not mistaken, this has been like a six year yeah, that we have been working on this, trying to get this one weekend together. Yeah, for the I duck. mean, it even it even dates back to, you know, we talked about it in the Sharbro series that we did of, you know, we we got Shedler, we did the episode up at the camp, and we got Shedler put on on the podcast, and we we mentioned it several times, and man, it's finally it's finally coming down to it. Well, you know, I'm I'm not and and. The this guest that we have on tonight, you know, she's a lot better at this than we are. But I'm thinking that the hashtag that we kept throwing in on that episode, the hashtag Larry yeah. G, the hashtag condo, the hashtag uh, beach trip, uh-huh. uh, I think that finally, he must have finally. It gained some traction. It did. It, it had to because we finally got an invite. And it's it's coming to fruition this weekend. So. Yes, yeah, so I guess everybody kind of want to know what we're talking about. It is the. We're going to Shedler's condo and hanging out with him, going to go for a ride on the boat and just have a weekend of nothing to do as far as I know. First annual Duck Camp Guys <laughs> Beach Trip, I guess you could call it. Uh, if y'all come up with a yeah. better title, I'll be glad to use that. But uh, Yeah. And, and I like that we're it's throwing out there. Time. Hashtag first annual at Larry G's. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work too. It's going to be a good time, man. <laughs> Yeah, I wish everybody could make it. Uh, you know, the crew that we do have going, this should be interesting. My wife was really kind of bummed that she couldn't go, but it was a guys-only trip just due to room availability. Yeah. And it was like, look, we were looking at putting 10 or 12 of us in this thing, all guys. Are you really sure you want to be associated with that? Yeah, really. That could, that could become unpleasant real quick. Well, it would be like being at the camp where there's 12 bunk beds and one bathroom. It's, well, I mean, you know, we, not we adapt really, to it quite well, but to other people, they, they may not. You know, you bring a guest in and they're like, really, that's the only bathroom? Like, yeah, you just want to make sure early in the morning you're the first one in there. <laughs> or brush your teeth in the kitchen. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But, yeah, got that going on. Excited about that. And, uh, yeah, man, just getting into summer activities. It's, uh, it's starting up. I know y'all are. Y'all are uh, y'all got ball going and everything, and we are we're full blown. Y'all are dirt full blown into the dirt biking, man. That is that's all. Uh, we actually got a got a Louisiana series that's starting up. Louisiana kind of leading the leading the pack on some some summer race series. So we got that coming up here in a couple weekends and getting the getting the boys ready for that. And you know, just uh, just rocking right along. You know, it's. Uh, I guess school will be here before we know it. Hopefully, I guess everything's going to be normal with that. Well, you we'll know, see. and if you if you kind of follow along that same train of thought, 
you know, we're always talking about getting hunters, youthful hunters in hunting or youthful hunters in fishing, uh, getting them in outdoors. Well, my girls playing softball. Luke's, you know, they've started practicing for football already. That's that's also getting them in outdoors. But you have two young men riding dirt bikes at a very, I'm gonna say, very competitive. I mean, the little man could outride me when I was probably 18. So I mean, yeah, I mean, they're getting you know, better my, and better all well, the my time. Oldest, my oldest one likes to ride. I mean, he's he, he likes to ride. He enjoys riding, and he's not really competitive with it. But you take the little one, and it's a 180. I mean, he he'll ride he, he'll ride all day. You let him, but uh, but he's he's gonna go at his own pace. And then when somebody else gets out there with him, it's got to be I'm finna I'm finna show you how fast I am, and I'm gonna beat you. And um, so I mean, he's I'm I'm not bragging on my son at all, but just just talking about his capabilities. You know, at four years old, he's uh, he's 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 very talented. You know, I think for a four-year-old on a dirt bike. I mean, even his brother, when his brother was four years old, he couldn't ride a bicycle. And uh, and Drifton was riding a bicycle with no training wheels at three years old. And he uh, he took to the dirt biking, which is it's, dirt bikes are a pretty big part of my family. It was when I was growing up with my dad and, and everything else. And it uh, it's keeping us busy, man. He He's he's ready for his first race. I don't know. His, his brother is ready, but... Um, I don't know how much ready he is, but the little one, he is, uh, he's all about it. And so we are, uh, we're getting a little bit more outfitted almost by the week, it seems like. And we're about to start hitting the road. So our summer's going to get a little bit more busier than what it already is, but I'm ready for it. Well, there's us a new hashtag. If anybody wants to sponsor some youthful eight, uh, <laughs> dirt bike rider, dirt bike riders, let me get that out in a proper English. Yeah. Uh, you know, hit Jeremy up, and, and all sponsorships are welcome and available, I do believe, at this time, correct? At least as well, long we, we as they're actually, kid-friendly. We actually do have two sponsors at this point. Uh-oh, go ahead. Uh, I didn't even we, know that. We, Yeah, we've got Halpin's Florida America and Wildlife Reflections Taxidermy. They are our two, two sponsors right now. I actually went and picked up a, a bunch of supplies yesterday that the, that the sponsors were, were providing us, so... So yeah, we've we've got two sponsors so far. Well, and here's the only bad thing. Right now, that dirt bike helmet and shirt that he is wearing is so small you can't put an awful lot of stickers <laughs> on there. But he's going to grow, folks. So as he grows, now, the uh, sponsorship. It doesn't hurt can grow. that either one of these sponsors just happen to be family. Well, I wasn't even going to throw that out there. <laughs> but no, I mean we got the stickers on the bikes, the the graphics to go with it, and and it's all good man the kids are loving it so that's 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 the biggest part to me as long as they're happy with it and having a good time we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll with it that's the same with us you know we we're getting kids involved in the things that hopefully will help them become better adults later in life uh, whether they like it now or not hopefully it's a life lesson they're learning that will help them later down the road so it is man i mean even we we we're your kids playing ball my kids doing this i mean you know i think it's important to know that that in life you're not getting participation trophies you know you you earn what you get and i mean it's it's both both sides of it your side and mine is a is a competition and you know you live with defeat you live with the victories and you know i think it's uh i think it's all good man well and it's not it's not also you know i tell mine all the time that you've got to learn how to lose gracefully uh or or with good character and good understanding but you also need to learn how to be a good winner too 
yeah. if you're out there dominating, yeah, don't you know? You see so many folks in different things that they they win, and you're like, well, but, you know. But then you see the folks that are humble, and they're actually, you know, doing it right, and you want to support them. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you, you've got to learn how to win and lose in a proper manner. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's something. Hopefully, we can pass on and. And work with from there. So maybe maybe they'll actually turn out, you know, what what was that saying I saw a couple of years ago? You know, a parent's job is to actually make sure that a child is tolerable by the rest of the world later in life. Yeah, yeah I saw uh, that. So I, I like that one. I, I try to remember that at all times. That's for sure, man, for what? sure. But, yeah, we got, us, uh, we got a, a guest returning with us uh, tonight. It's been, what, several months huh, since, since we've caught up with our guest. But, but yes, yeah, she's back with us. That is correct. Tonight, and, and for everybody listening, we have Miss Denisha Larson back. Denisha, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We are good. We are doing interested great. to see what all you have going, because I know from following on your social media and following you on YouTube and stuff, I thoroughly enjoy everything you do. That's why we enjoy visiting with you. But I always like to hear it, you know, firsthand. What well, all? thank is- you so much. I, I really appreciate it. I do have something to say about that losing and winning gracefully, though. When we were stuck at home with COVID for months, well, not with us having COVID, but because of COVID, there were a lot of board games going on, and there is no gracious winning or losing in this household <laughs> on anybody's part. It wasn't taken or received too well? No, no, it was not. There were a lot of lessons learned. Well, a lot of dominoes played, and it, it just got it got fairly unpleasant for a bit there. I, <laughs> I have been told over the years, and I do get it, that you know sometimes I will take my ball and go home. <laughs> and uh, I, I try not to instill that in my kids where I will stay longer than I normally would because normally if I'm getting my rear end kicked and I know there's no chance it'll be coming back, it's like, all right, I'm done. I'm not playing this with y'all anymore. But uh, Luke had him a a buddy over spending the night the other night, and they were playing uh, Monopoly. And he is a beast at Monopoly if you ever let him get the right angle on you. Yes. He can figure the numbers. I mean, he's a a math guy. And if he gets the, the places that he wants, there's no helping. I mean, you just can't roll your way out of it. I mean, you, you can roll dice all you want to, and you're constantly paying him. And see, that's me. That's me with Monopoly. And yes. growing up, my we used to play board games growing up because, you know, I'm 100 years old, and that was what you did for fun. Your family played board games together. <laughs> so um, we played board games, and we would play Monopoly quite a bit. And my dad... Is he and Dave are so much alike? It's so funny. My husband David. Um, my dad is like a terrible winner. Terrible winner. I mean, he gloats and rubs it in. It's like this whole big deal. So I beat him one time playing Monopoly. He never played me again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm ruthless with Monopoly. Well, I, I'm I'm not great with board games. I I am all about the win. But I try not to gloat about it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and mark this down, that if I can get you and Luke in the same room on Monopoly, (laughs) I will just go ahead and video part of it. Because him and his little buddy the other night, it was so funny because every time the guy would roll, he's like, go ahead, pay me. You owe me $200. You owe me $500. You owe me. (laughs) 
$18.33. I'm like, dude, you can't even do cents. How have you figured that out? He's like, well, you know, that's what he owes me. Without even looking at the like card, he knew what the what the penalty was for landing on his railroad or his utility company. or And it was like, man, look, hey, this is your buddy. He is spending the night with you of his own free will. Mm-mm, not you, when he's playing a board game. You may want to actually <laughs> chill out on some of the smack talk so that he wants to come back and do this again. And it, it actually, he, he kind of shook his head and he said, yes, sir, I, I see where you're going with that. I'm like, okay, a little smack talk's fine, but you've taken it to a point now where I don't even want to hear you anymore. Hush. And there's a fine line to walk between it still being enjoyable for everyone and somebody wanting to take their ball and go home. <laughs> oh, this was a beat down. I mean, it was one had a, a stack of hundreds over there that looked like you could, you know, buy a Fortune 500 company, and the other one over there had about $4 left to his name, and he's still trying to bankrupt him. But I'm like, dude, quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you throw in the, the subtleties like, oh, the bank can't pay me anymore? I, I'm. We're out of money. The bank is out of money. <laughs> yeah, at one point, I think he was looking at loaning the bank money. That way, the buddy could still keep paying him. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. I mean, it, it was. But I'll take this to another level. We played. He wanted to teach me how to play chess because he knew I did not know how. <laughs> and he taught me the rules and showed me the game. And we did one just friendly game. And he messed up on one of the rules he taught me, and I saw where he messed up on his play, and I beat him. Mm-hmm. Well, the second game, he got more serious. Well, he's 11. I'm, you know, 42 at the time. And I was still able to beat him the second time. Well, the third game, I had figured it out. And when I beat him the third time, we have not played chess since. Oh, yeah. And that's been over oh, yeah. a year ago. And I asked him every once in a while, I'm like, bud, you want to pull that chess set out? And he's like, no, sir, I don't. Nope. Baby, I'm pretty I'm good, good at checkers. Uh, I never played chess, but it's there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. So at least you know, come on, let's go give it a go again. But he had <laughs> but he is. It doesn't matter whether you're playing cards. Uh, we took him to play spades one night and got him actually we were oh, yeah. messing around playing Ray. and he had figured out how to count tricks and he knew which hands he could win. And it was like, dude, okay, I may be funding you in a couple of years uh, when you're on the World champion poker tour. Uh, I bet two, Luke is two a.m. <laughs> two a.m. You're still playing. No, I can still win. If we can keep his <laughs> poker face ever set, but when he's got a hand, you know he's got a hand. It's like, dude, I would fold so many times it ain't even funny, and he has no bluff yet. It's just, uh, it's like we'll we'll keep worrying. I'm not I'm not saying that's what we're trying to get him to do, but uh, he he ought to be able to do pretty well at it. Like I say, his him and mathematics, he's pretty solid on it. So nice. But Denise, uh, let's get off of this. What all? Tell us what all you've got going on. Um. Well, we are coming out of being shelter at home ordered. <laughs> we missed pretty much most of turkey season because we couldn't. We weren't really permitted to travel anywhere and most of where we do our turkey hunting is in another state. So, um, yeah, we, we kind of were counting days until we were able to get back down to Florida and get out on the water and we've been doing tons of fishing. Every weekend, 
soon as we get home from work on Friday, we're immediately in the truck heading straight down to Florida. And we've been fishing every weekend, but now we're going out on the water really early, fishing as soon as the sun comes up. And um, then once the bite kind of slows down, we've been doing some snorkeling and doing some scalloping. Okay, I was going to ask that. Is it is it scallop fishing, scallop hunting? How do they actually refer to that? Because from South Mississippi, that's not something we do. <laughs> um, we just call it scalloping, but you're hand grabbing them. So I guess you're. I guess you would consider it hunting because you're just kind of. It's like Easter egg hunting for adults. You're just kind of swimming along, floating along, looking in the grass to see if you can spot one and if you do then you just kind of dive down for it they're usually in about two to eight or two to eight, eight four to eight feet of water um you just kind of look for them and and dive down and grab them and try not to get pinched scallops are actually capable of propelling themselves through the water they flex the muscle the, the piece that we eat is the actual muscle and they can flex that muscle and use it to jet water out of their shells to propel themselves through the water. And if you are grabbing them when they are in the process of doing that and have your finger in the wrong place, they can grab a hold of your finger. So we, we wear a glove when we go down to do it. Just I'm, I've been pinched many times. It, it's not like it's not earth shattering, but it kind of startles you <laughs> when it happens. It's just not really fun. So it's just easier to do it with a glove on, so you don't have to really worry about it so much. But so, um, what do they what do they actually look like in their, you know, in their natural form? I guess. So, you know how um, people like have the artist depiction of a shell, and it's kind of like the shell gas station, that kind of yeah. round thing. That's what a scallop looks like. Well, uh, Denise, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the shells that you pick up on the beach. You know, people are walking along and you find the little seashell with the kind of rounded off with the grooves in it. That's it, isn't it? It looks similar to that, but the the ones you find on the beach typically don't have the the extra little. So when you look at the, the small end of it, the part that sometimes has a little hole right there, if you're looking at a scallop, there's like a kind of squared off notch looking piece on each side of that. And um, I'm not sure what kind of shells those. I know what shells you're talking about. I honestly am not sure what kind of what kind of uh, mollusk those are coming off of. But it, it's really similar to that. Um, but it's got like an extra little squared off piece on each side on the the joint part where it connects. But yeah. they're I mean they're they're really beautiful. I mean when you see them in the water. When they're alive, the ones you see on the beach, you're just typically seeing just half of it. But when you see them in the water, they're they're still connected, and they actually have little tiny eye dots that go around each one of the scallops edge pieces of the shell, and they can use those if a predator's coming above them. They can see the change in light, and they'll close their shell to protect themselves. So, I mean, it really is kind of hunting them because you, you have to be really looking for them. They camouflage very well in the grass, but um, it, it's worth it, totally worth it. So much fun. We just have the best time doing it, and you're getting loads of exercise when you're doing it because you're swimming and you're enjoying yourself and you're not paying attention to how hard you're actually 
physically working for someone who doesn't work out a whole whole lot, not nearly as much as you sh- as I should. Um, yeah, it, it's it's quite a workout. By about Tuesday, I'm like, man, I'm old. <laughs> Everything <laughs> well, hurts. <laughs> all I know about them is they're good to eat. But okay. like, whenever you go, whenever y'all go, what is a successful trip? I mean, like, how many would you would you catch? So um, where we go out, they have they just changed the limit. I believe this year they changed the limit actually. Um, so it typically is two gallons of scallops still in the shell per person on a boat, up to ten gallons a boat. But um, they changed it this year, June 15th through June 30th. They have an early season now where it's only one gallon per person. And um, some people clean them on the boat. I think it, I think two gallons equates, equates to a pint of scallops. Um, we don't clean them on the boat. We actually bring them home and clean them, which is a really, really uh, nasty cleaning <laughs> experience. But... Um, we're pretty good at it now, so we can we can crank through them pretty fast. But um, it's sort of gross. But so um, two gallons will equal about one pint of meat. One pint of meat. So that's why scallops are I, so expensive. <laughs> yeah, really, I can see that now because I had no idea that you know a, a, a limit is basically one pint of meat. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, per person. It's it's. Um, I mean, it's not really work to collect them. It's just, it's a lot of fun doing it. I mean, it's kind of like fishing. You just go out there and you do it because you love it. And it's a lot of fun. You're enjoying yourself while you're doing it. And the, the cleaning and everything is just part of the process. And you don't really consider it to be like anything tough or, or you know, like I said, work. But um, it's still, you're, you're not getting a whole lot of return for the effort that you're putting into it. So you just do, you're doing it because it's fun, because it's enjoyable, but and yeah, also, yeah, also it's delicious. That's ninety percent of my hunting trips anyway. You just don't you don't you're not making on the return, right? You're doing it for the fun. That's it. Well, if you ever sit down and not to, you know, turn anybody off to this at all, but if you ever sit down and figure out what the cost per duck or cost per turkey pound of meat is you will probably just go buy it at the store. Uh, you know, you're not doing it just for the return of what you're about to eat. You're doing it for the adventure and the love of it and the, you know, the stories you get to tell, the experience that you get to go have. And cause yeah, I, I've sat down and looked, okay, three turkeys cost me. Let's see, what did I pay for the lease? What did I pay Don't on shells? It. What did I pay on guns? <laughs> um, fuel going back and forth every day. Yeah, yeah that's people a, just think beef is high right now. <laughs> yeah, I think duck well, may be one of the most expensive things in my refrigerator, if you want to figure it that way. Yeah, but, I mean, it's if you think about it, so you're thinking about it the wrong way, though, because you have to think about it this way. You're going to have a hobby of some some sort, and it's going to cost you money. So you can either have a hobby that costs you a lot of money, that you, you have a lot of fun, but you don't really have much of a return on it. Or you can have a hobby where it costs you a lot of money and you're going to have a lot of fun, but you get to bring me home. Oh, no, that's what I was saying. Don't don't ever go to adding it up because you may stop doing <laughs> it. Uh, and I promise you we're not going to stop doing it because I'm not going to sit down and show anybody the numbers. 
What was that? A couple of years ago, was that Jeff Foxworthy that did it, where he was he did the little thing talking about deer meat and you know how expensive it was because of, you figured in the stand, the 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 rifle, the and it was like, dude, don't do that. Don't show people anything like that. Uh, <laughs> talk about the experience that you have and the fun and the you know the getting out in the good Lord's nature. Do not go through the economics of it. Yeah, that's the great thing about being on the boat. There's not anyone, like, right there around us. You kind of have the whole ocean to yourself somewhat. So it's it's pretty great so for the fishing part of it. When you get to the scouting part of it, it's, it's more of a social event. There are a lot more boats around, and people will find sandbars and just kind of anchor at the sandbar and hang out and spend the whole day. And it, it's, it's um, a different lifestyle. It's a lot of fun. It's super enjoyable. It's something you can do with your whole family. I mean, it's not just an adult thing. We see every kind of person out there, every age. Everybody's having a great time. It's really wonderful. Oh, it's definitely something I could see my kids getting all into because anytime you mention a boat, they're all over it. So <laughs> if you mention a boat and snorkeling and you have a chance to catch something, yeah, they would be they would be all over it. I know when we went to Belize back in February, they were so mad at us. And it was like, babies, we couldn't, this was an adult trip. We couldn't get y'all on this one. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll be okay. We'll do it again another time. <laughs> but now, Denise, what part of Florida are y'all in when y'all are doing this? Because I know y'all y'all have a pretty long drive to get down there, don't you? Um, it's about four and a half hours or so. So it's not too, too bad. I mean, we we do a lot of driving on weekends. We drive to Louisiana. It's about nine hours for us. I mean, we... Driving for us is just a part of life. I mean, <laughs> we don't even think anything about it, but um, it's it's not too terrible of a drive. And we're in the North Florida area. We're about 30 miles east of Tallahassee when we go out. Okay, so y'all are on the Atlantic side, not the Gulf side. Uh, no, we're on the Gulf side. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why the water's so clear and pretty, and you can see all the way to the bottom, and we always see so much cool stuff when we're out there. We see tons of sea turtles. We saw a lot of sharks this last time. Um, we actually saw a couple of tarpon out there, which we have not seen before, so that was pretty exciting. And um, obviously some we've been seeing some pretty decent redfish and trout. <laughs> I know you guys have probably seen some of the pictures. Yes. But, um, yeah, we, we've been been having a good time down there this year well and for a lot of folks that listen to this show if you've never had a redfish on a light tackle rod it's it's not much fight that you can get like that anywhere else Uh, the best if you've got a you've got a 20 pound red on a, a light spinning reel it it'll give you a workout you better get ready because it'll yank the rod out of your hand if you're not expecting it well, the the one that I just caught recently, I think it was weekend before last, was just under 27 inches. Um, and it was just crazy. The water was terrible. Like any other time that we've gone out there, that water's been clear. You can see completely to the bottom. I mean, it, it's just been perfect, almost like glass. So we go out, and it's choppy and nasty, and the water's filthy, and we're like, man, we weren't. We were catching just a few things. I mean, nothing great. And uh, I just cast over right along the edge of some grass. And I kind of 
worked the jig just a little bit. And I'm like, man, I'm hung up on something because I have been known to actually catch the earth <laughs> and fight it for a couple of minutes. So, uh, yeah, it, I, when I, I thought that I was hooked on some grass and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to drag us over there and, uh, just kind of pulled back against me. And I'm like, holy smokes, that's a fish and just set the hook and it just, everything blew up. It jumped straight out of the water and just went crazy. And all you could hear was just, Zzz. I'm like, oh, this is the best day of my life. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> we were down in Venice years ago, one of the first times I ever had the opportunity to redfish and uh, on a buddy's boat. And he ran us up uh, what they call the end of the world. And we kind of got out there, weather got bad. So we swung back inland and got on the rocks right there in Venice and was casting up next to rocks. And when I tell you the reds were schooling right there, as soon as that popping cord hit the water, it just disappeared. And <laughs> it was so much fun. We were on light tackle spinning reels with light rods, yep. and your rod tip's just about touching your hands, and it's like, yep. y'all, this one's fixing to break. And we <laughs> we kept bringing them in, and everything that was, you know, that fit the slot where we could keep it, we, we just had a now – Cleaning them is a whole nother adventure. I think we actually caught some that were large enough that I took some of the scales up closer to the head back with me. And a good friend of mine who has a band in Wichita Falls, Texas, actually dried them out and used them as guitar picks. They were big enough. Oh, that's so cool. I love that idea. And it was it was neat because he would, you know, when he come on stage, he would say, y'all, you know, I'm on. You know, normally I throw a few picks, but these I keep for myself. You know, my good friend Jake brought them. They're actually a piece of, you know, a scale off a of redfish, and it was like, yeah, I did that. That's so cool. What a great idea. What a great way to to use everything, you know? Well, you know, we try. You know, well, we're not we're not the best <laughs> at it, but we try to utilize everything that we can. Uh, but now, if you ever watch somebody, and I'm not a professional, you can take an electric knife and fillet one in just a second. But somebody that actually knows what they're doing, and we like to cook them on the, you know, with the scale still on, leave them on the shell. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, Anthony Buqua, Captain Anthony, we've had him on a time or two. If you ever actually go and watch them clean fish, it's not like watching me clean fish. I'm I'm over there battling, you're working <laughs> my way through it. I can, I can work through a catfish in no time flat, a bass. But those folks using, you know, electric fillet knife, they're they're just and they're done and it's like what just happened we're, we're getting pretty good at it we've we've had some practice this year we're 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 cleaning them pretty quick now we got one of those um those uh fish scalers the weird looking ones that kind of looks like a octopus kind of thing on the head of it and saw it at bass pro and i'm like there's no way that works no way and so i went online read some reviews i'm like okay we're gonna give this a try and, I mean, I can scale a speckled trout in less than a minute. The whole really? Fish. I mean, it was crazy. It's a little bit longer on a redfish just because the scales are so big. You have to, like, once you get it started at the tail, it, it comes off pretty easy. It's just getting it started. It took me a little bit of time to figure out how to do that with that tool. But with a, a trout, I mean, boom, it's done. We, I tell you, I tell you what I saw the other day. It was a guy, and I can't remember exactly what fish it was, but he had a board, 
laid out on some concrete and he had had the fish like their their tail was laying on the board and their head was down and he took screws and screwed the tail of the fish in took a pressure washer and come back and pressure washed every scale off those fish really i'm like why haven't i ever thought of this see that's the kind of thing that when the scaler thing i'm like why had nobody come up with this before yeah. I mean, we've been sitting out there with a knife, you know, like fighting the scales, trying to. And we got that thing, and I'm like, it's not going to work. There's no way it's going to work. And just whoop, right through it. And I'm like, well, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of the ones that we watch when we're down in Louisiana, and the way I've always been taught, you take that electric knife and run it right up behind his head, you mm-hmm. know, go to the backbone, then run it straight down, flip it over, and just run it straight down the scale up underneath and take nothing but meat, flip that off mm-hmm. into the sink in water already sitting there, and then go to the other side. And, I mean, you're just done in just a minute. I mean, it, it doesn't take long at all. But we well, that's had, taking the skin off, though, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we keep it with the skin on. Okay. No. And we do, like, the um, – I, I, I love to cook. Cooking is just very enjoyable for me. It's, like, super relaxing at the end of the day after I've been working all day. I just kind of am able to just shut my brain down for a bit and just – do something that that I know and um so it's fun for me having like the fish and the scallops and things to try different things and it, we've had some really great great meals <laughs> over the last few months from from just fresh stuff that we've gone out and gotten ourselves and someone actually recommended when we started doing the scalloping this year one of our friends recommended actually cooking some of the scallops and serving them over the redfish i'm like oh that would be amazing so oh, that'll yeah. be you coming up a, you put a little sauce in there with it and mm-hmm. uh-huh, and put that over a bed of rice which i don't know if anybody's you know i don't know if that fits anybody's diet plan but uh <laughs> you know down in this part of the world we like everything with rice so oh yeah that that makes that makes life good, and I would say between the two of us, and Jeremy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Jeremy is probably the better cook out of us two. Okay, I don't hear him comment, so he must agree. Uh, oh. I, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. But a minute ago, when you said that you know cooking is where you can let your brain kind of relax and go, kind of shut down and just enjoy doing something. That's the opposite for me. My my mind is going 412 miles an hour trying to remember what I've forgotten, or am I burning this, <laughs> or. Yeah, I'm a now I can make a grilled cheese or or like my kids fuss. Mine are not grilled; it's just a cheese sandwich. It's two slices of bread and one slice of cheese thrown in the microwave. <laughs> but anything else, I'm I'm having to technically keep up with all the time. So, your yeah, cooking is not my enjoyable habit. Hey, don't knock a good grilled cheese. Well, the kids have figured out how to do them in the air fryer. <gasps> that's a great idea. Oh no, look, they can that. put they do quesadillas. Um, Oh, cheese quesadillas in the air fryer. Put a little butter on the outside of it, throw it in there, run it for so many minutes, and then they flip it over and put a little more butter on it and throw it back in, and it's done in, what, eight minutes, ten minutes? And it's something they can do, and they're not, you know, they're not, we don't have a chance at a fire going on. Right. (laughs) I've learned to cook a lot of things in the air fryer, but I have not tried that one. No, I had never even, it never occurred to me. Well, get Luke and Cameron involved. They can tell you some, because they make their own snacks throughout the day when the babysitter's there and we're at work, and they'll come back with, Diddy, hey, I made a so-and-so in the air fryer today. It's like, awesome. 
Show me how you I did made that. chicken cordon bleu in the air fryer, Dad. I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> I will yeah. tell you something that I did in the air fryer. I did turkey poppers in the air fryer, and they were wonderful. Really? Yes, ma'am. Jalapenos, cream cheese, wrapped it in bacon with a chunk of turkey. Put my toothpick in it and dropped me about 12 of them in there. And I think 15 minutes later, I, th- I want to say at the seven minute, seven and a half, eight minute mark, I flipped them, just took some tongs and rolled them over like you would on a grill. And once the bacon's done, it's done. So, Yum. and they come out great. And, you know, the everything dripped down to the bottom of the pan. I had, you know, very little fuss and mess and. My wife's like, did you just do that? I'm like, yeah, y'all just wait. Let me see if I can figure out how to do backstrap and stuff in there this winter. <laughs> Air fryers are wonderful. That's one of my, my favorite cooking items in the kitchen right now. Well, I had never given them a try. I love my grill. Uh, anything I cook, I'm usually on the grill. If, you know, it's not something I can throw in the oven and bake, but... No, since we've started playing with that thing more and more, and, you know, you can find recipes on Pinterest that you can do things with. I don't know where they come up with some of these recipes, but I haven't tasted anything that's come out of it yet that I didn't say, hey, give me another one. I'll try, I'll, I'll test one more sample if you've got one. And we know, you know, if you follow our stuff, I don't really post it on our Outdoor Country Talk stuff, but I'm on my personal, we do the Dad Bod 10.0. <laughs> And for all of our healthy people that I'm friends with, I, I try to keep them all stirred up. With I'll post a hamburger steak on top of French fries covered in gravy. That you know, this is the Dad Bod 10.0 healthy meal of the day. Come up here to this restaurant and try it. And all of our folks that are selling keto and all these other little products, they're like, that is not healthy. Quit promoting that. Like, if you'll read the Dad Bod 10.0, that's exactly what it fits. <laughs> We're trying to help people grow, not shrink. <laughs> yeah, we've been eating pretty healthy right now. Just, I mean, because we are, we do have so much fish and stuff coming in. Most of the stuff that we've been eating has been pretty good. Well, that and you know, we're filming a whole lot too, which is there's no greater incentive to staying in shape in some way, shape, or form than seeing yourself on camera. But now my little brother shared with me years ago that round is a shape. That is true. So, that is true. You know, you have all types of shapes in the little in the little box. You've got to hit them all. So, <laughs> but now now tell us more. Let's get into the filming. What are what all are we filming? What are we filming for? So right now we're filming because we're just fishing and scalloping. Right now we're we're filming. Primarily that. Um, we have a YouTube channel, The Natural Addiction, and it's actually been taking off. I don't know if everybody's just tired of being inside because they couldn't get out for a few months or what's going on, but we just passed a half a million views uh, four days ago, and awesome. we've already picked up like another 25,000 views since that. So it's been just going crazy lately for some reason and it's all been we actually the only things that we've been putting up in the last like month and a half or so have been filmed with just our cell phones we haven't even taken cameras out until we started scalloping this last weekend we have not even taken a camera out just our phones 
So, um, and like if we hooked into a fish, we just grab a phone and start filming. And uh, apparently it, it was interesting and entertaining. We don't take ourselves too seriously when we're out there. We like to joke around and kid around and stuff. And um, we're, I'm sure we, we talk about it, we joke about it, but we really probably should put a blooper reel together because there's a lot of, you know, silliness that happens and just things that, that happen out there that you're like, why did we do that? But um, now that we're getting into scalloping, we are using the GoPro some just because it's underwater footage and we want to make sure that, you know, we're not damaging any of our other cameras. So we're, we're getting some really neat stuff though. I actually had a scalp try to get away from me this last weekend and started uh, jetting itself out of my hand. I had two scallops in my hand. I saw two at the same time and grabbed one and went to grab the other and that one took off swimming. So we got that on camera, which was pretty neat, but just a lot of that kind of stuff right now. So everything is self-filmed? Mm-hmm. Yep. We film everything ourselves. We don't ever have a camera crew. We just um, trade back and forth. One of us, one of us will hold the camera. If Dave is catching a fish, I'm filming. If I'm catching a fish, he's filming, and um, we'll just kind of follow each other around with a camera when we're scalloping. And I, we actually, <laughs> we were out this last weekend. We found the scalloping spot that there were two other boats a little ways away from us. All these other boats are just blowing past us, going to this other area that, that's pretty well known for having scallops. And we're, Dave's like, well, I mean, there's a scallop. There's a scallop as we're kind of cruising along. And we're like, oh, let's just try here. We limited so fast in that spot. And he was filming, and I'm like, here, let me film you some. And he picked up like 15 scallops and I don't know, probably five minutes. I mean, it was so crazy. And uh, we just switched back and forth with the camera, and just whoever's got something going on, the other one's just filming them. That's cool. Because Jeremy and I, we play with filming quite often, filming turkey hunt or something, duck hunt. And we have trouble with our filming. We're getting better, but we still have trouble with filming. We uh, Duck hunting's a little more tricky. Well... It, I can either tote the camera or I can take a firearm. I can't do both. Cause <laughs> we switch back and forth. When we duck hunt, we switch back and forth. When it comes down to, okay, I either get this really good footage or I get that duck on my lanyard, the camera's forgotten. It's in the back corner. <laughs> you know, it gets set down quick and hopefully safely. But the the shotgun, the Benelli comes up then and we go back to – and then I'll get great footage of it on the water after it's been gone, you know, and the dog retrieving it. But I don't usually get those awesome, you know, wings out, uh, landing gear down. Yeah. No, we don't get those. You can hear it in the audio, but you don't get to see it most of the time. So. Well, we'll put up, sometimes when we're duck hunting, we'll put up some GoPros just so that we get other angles. Um, but typically when we're, when we duck hunt, one of us is filming for a while and then we switch off. And the other one films, which is, it, it can be painful. I mean, well, first of all, Dave is much better at filming the birds coming in and getting like the great shots like you're talking about. He's much better at that than I am. I'm more like, don't move, don't move, don't move. There are birds in front of you. Don't move, don't move. You know, like just, I'm scared to follow it as much as I probably should just because I don't want to flare the birds off for anyone else. And I don't want to have any kind of reflection on the camera lens or anything. So um, when I'm filming that kind of stuff, 
I am not as great at it as he is, but I do want to make sure that he enjoys the hunt too. So, you know, we, we try to trade off so that we're both having a good time out there and we're still getting some good footage. And we, this past season, like we went a hundred percent to YouTube. And as soon as I decided to drop sponsors and everything, we still edit our videos like for language and things like that, but we don't edit them as heavily and it's actually much more entertaining because the people that we go out with, they're absolutely hilarious. We, we've been blessed to have some really fun people who we get to hunt with. And um, it's just so entertaining, just the, the things that come out of everyone's mouths. I love going back and watching the videos periodically like, oh, man, I can't wait till next season to do that again. It's just so much fun. It's such a blast. Well, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I had a good friend of mine. I called a turkey up for it, and he missed. And at the end of the video, we have a friend-to-friend conversation, and it was like, w- w- just what? Because you can hear me going, no, don't you, don't, don't you, don't you, don't you, wham! And when the turkey flew off after he shot the third time and he's still flying, I was like, dude. He's like, what, Jake? And I was like, just let him walk in. Just He was coming right here. We're hitting as well as you can hide. Just let him come on. And we got more comments on that and people trying to figure out who I was hunting with that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was getting text on the side, Instagram messages on the side, like, who was who your buddy? Do I know him? Like, I'm not we let, telling. We let it slip one We time, let it slip, but I have done really good not telling his name. But I had to go back and edit some of the language in between his third shot and when I'm like, dude. And he, he that was his first question. He's like, please tell me you cut that out. Like, yes, I cut it out. Uh, Which we do some. But, I mean, we're, we're not quite as, like, before we were way more meticulous about it. Now we're, you know, we want people to feel like they're kind of on the hunt with us. And, I mean, it's how we really are when we're out there. We don't. We we don't like try to we don't try to stage things we don't try to act any kind of way. I Just mean, keep it to a minimal. Try to try to keep it down as much as you can. Uh, that's yeah. what I tell our guys. Anytime we're <laughs> filming, it's like, hey, look, just let's try to keep the cussing to a minimal. Uh, yeah, you know, and yeah. let's let's keep the dirty yeah. jokes down or any stories. Uh, I'll wave For at y'all when part. I'm I'll wave at y'all <laughs> when I'm filming. Uh, <laughs> And you, and you can always cut it. I mean, if it's really bad, you can cut it out. But, like, we we, we stick with pretty mild stuff. And really, I mean, everybody, from a, a cussing perspective, nobody really gets really crazy with that out there. But um, it, it's just, like, the the comments and jokes and things like that. I mean, we it's not ever really bad, but it's just very entertaining and funny. And it's, it's how it really is when we're out there, you know. And it's, for me, it's more enjoyable to be able to look at that and be like yes that's exactly how that hunt was and when i go back and watch that in three months i'm going to remember every single bit of that just how it was well if you're like i am a lot of times i miss things while we're hunting or while i'm filming oh yeah and then you go back (laughs) and you watch it like oh that was awesome yeah i I completely missed or forgot that part you know and totally so by going back and reviewing it you actually sometimes can enjoy the hunt a second time even more. 
definitely. Because you're definitely. like, oh, I even I forgot that part. Uh, we've told it on here before when I recorded my little girl killing her first turkey. I missed with me trying to set the bird up and make sure the camera and everything was ready after she had gotten it. Somehow or another, I missed her doing her dance, her chicken nugget dance. She's in the background going, turkey nuggets, turkey nuggets. <laughs> and had her little dance move with it. And I'm like, how did I miss, you know, as father of the year here, I missed the baby's dance. Oh, uh, you know, that, that got me knocked down a notch or two. But by having it on video, it was like, all right, now I have this forever. I, I can exactly. keep this. We can go back and when she's 20, we can go back and look, baby, you were eight. You got your first. You know, here's where it all started. When she gets married, that's part of the video. Oh, probably her high school graduation. That's going to be I, <laughs> look. I have so much stuff on that child and on all three that if I get to share it all, certain moments in their life, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure get some of this stuff gets broken out. So, <laughs> and someday their kids are gonna watch that and be like, "Wow." <laughs> and they will have the opportunity over the years to catch me doing some goofy stuff too. So it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of it, and that's the part of the fun. So. Well, what else are you working on now? I know um, you've always got something in the works. <laughs> um, right now, I'm just primarily focusing on doing a lot of writing and um, getting – I, I kind of stepped away from it for just a bit because we had a lot of things that were going on at the same time, and I'm, I'm trying to focus in on – the things that are really important to me and the things that I really enjoy the most. And I want to make sure that I'm dedicating the right amount of time to get in the quality that I want and the things that we're doing. And, um, so I'm, I'm focusing a lot on my writing right now. Obviously I work a regular job, a full-time job. And, um, so everything has to kind of fall in around that. Um, so it's just the, the filming when we're having fun and out and doing things. Um, Dave does all the editing. He's He enjoys that. That's something that he's good at, and he's a bit of a perfectionist. So he, he likes to kind of work all the nuances with the video and see what he can learn and do and change up and make interesting. So um, it's something that we can both go out and, and do together and have fun doing it. But then when we come back, it, it's another hobby that he can work on while I'm, I'm writing about the things that we did. And um, that's really the focus that we have going on right now. And uh, also we have loads of blueberries right now because our bushes are all producing. So we are every single day during the week working all day and then coming home and picking blueberries for like an hour and then packing up on the weekend and heading to fish and scallop. So that's that's pretty much our life right now. <laughs> so what are we making with the blueberries? Um, I try to get about 10 gallons of blueberries in the freezer before we start really making a whole lot of things. Right now, um, we've got, we, they just started turning. So we put two gallons in the freezer, got two gallons that are, um, laid out on a towel right now drying because it's been raining and then once those dry they'll, they'll go in the freezer so probably in another like four days or so we'll get to really start using them and I mean we do everything blueberry pancakes blueberry cobbler blueberry pie blueberry margaritas I mean 
And um, actually, I have a great recipe that I found online for pan-seared duck breast with blueberry jalapeno glaze. Mm. And it is so good because I, we had so many ducks and so many blueberries. I'm like, there's got to be something we can do with both of these things. So I just Googled the two things together and found that recipe, and it's amazing. I didn't know if we were making jellies or jams or wine or... Um, you know, my papa was a big winemaker, and they he always had big gardens and um, plum trees and strawberries and all kinds of stuff, and he used to make wine, and I have never made wine. That's something I would definitely like to try doing, um, and I don't do the jellies and jams. I am very, very fortunate that I know people who do that, and so a lot of times we'll do exchanges, and they'll get blueberries, and I'll get jams without me having to make jams, which is a great trade for me. <laughs> well, I tell you what I did. Something. So you're talking about the the duck recipe. I think it was last year, year before last. I take I took my duck breasts, I seared them in, a, in an iron skillet, and then I put. Um, I think it was um, strawberry and apricot preserves in the skillet, and then I stuck it in the oven. Like I just put a sear on it, not nearly cooked. Mm-hmm. But then I then I put that in the skillet with the duck, and I think I may have put some bacon in there or wrapped them in bacon and then poured the, the preserves on top of them. Put them in the oven for, oh gosh, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes at about 400. And uh, and then just took the breast out and, and sliced them. And oh my gosh, it was so good. It drizzled a little bit of that sauce on there, and it was, it was amazing. Like heaven. <laughs> oh, it was good. It was good. I mean, this was just, you know, store-bought canned, you know, preserves, nothing... Nothing fresh, but but it was good. But uh, but anyway, Denisha, I know we're getting getting here toward the end. It's always good catching up with you and visiting, and uh, and yeah, I'm sure as we roll through the summer and uh and get get closer to hunt season, I'm sure we'll be catching back up with you to to see what y'all have going on. Definitely, that would be great. And before we get oh. off of here, Denisha, tell everybody where they can find you at real quick. Um, we are on the Natural Addiction on YouTube. So if you just go on YouTube and search The Natural Addiction, you'll see our channel, and um, all of our videos are up there, and I hope you guys enjoy them. Feel free to comment, like, dislike. It doesn't really matter um, if you comment. Um, I check it every day and go in there and uh, try to – the people who are anti-hunters, I try to educate them a little bit on why we do what we do. And um, the people who are supportive of what we do, I – thank them for their support and glad that they go on there and enjoy the videos and I hope that they they enjoy watching it as much as we enjoy going out there and doing it good deal good deal with Nisha again we appreciate it and we hope all of you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk God bless God bless well ain't nothing like a southerner Lord to make you feel alright I got the windows down I got the radio on 